and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I'm Alex Jensen. With me here, as always, got my guy, Zach Dietz, riding high. Got other betting lines pod coming for you, but uh, it's a little different this week because we are riding off of both of us being over 500 on the week for the first time in the history of the pod. Zach came through with a nice 19-13 and 13 record last week. In the positives, Giants got a victory. Not a not a coincidence. The two are connected. Zach, you gonna earn your Giants another win this week? What's going on? Uh well, good to see you, Alex. First off, uh, love doing the better <laughs> show with you every week. Uh yeah, it's fun. Yeah, pretty good week. Pretty good week last week. You know, the thing was like Giants starting off 0-3. I was like, you know what? Let's just shoot for that top five pick. But then I saw the Jets. Win and then I was like, you know what? We should have beat Washington and probably Atlanta. So a win over the Saints, one and three. It's a win. It's a win. Saquon looked good. Danny Dimes had a great game. Uh, another, yeah, just, another great game. He's been good. Another man. great game. He he really has been, really has been good. And uh, I'm pretty sure we're doing overreactions. Yes. Week four, correct? Always. Yeah. Okay, so I'll start off with mine only because it was a segue. Um, anybody, if you're listening to this and you write for a website, you know, covering the NFL draft and you come across the Giants at either their own pick or the Bears pick, just don't mock them a quarterback. Because even if you're not sold on Daniel Jones as the, you know, star quarterback of a fu- of the future, there's no way this team is going to move on. It would take – he would have to – you know, like, God forbid, a severe injury or completely fall on his face. Even a new regime, I think they would give him one more year. I don't think they would look for a new quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of sold, man. Dan Daniel Jones, I hated the pick at the time with all my heart, but he's looked really good. I hated the pick at the time, but I've been high on him since last year. I thought he made huge strides and just didn't show up in the stat line and made another jump this year. And kind of reminds me of a maybe – speeded up version of the trajectory of a Ryan Tannehill who I've always seen where it's just kind of those raw athletic traits that it took a little bit longer maybe to start clicking but starting to click in those explosive plays are definitely there so definitely. I like Daniel Jones a lot actually my overreaction is going to be that Vance Joseph is a head coach in the NFL again next year because <laughs> I don't know, man. He's got that defense working. They're fine. They look like arguably the best in the NFL right now. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. Uh, not excited about facing him later in the year. But they're, they're looking good. They're looking good. And I think that uh, – Yeah, they do. They do look good. You're right. I don't think all that credit's going to go to anyone else. So, man, I, I, I will say I love seeing my former UW Huskies looking phenomenal on that Cardinals defense on the back end right now. They are having some years. So love to see it. That's my overreaction. We're going to try to go a little quicker on this podcast. We're just going to jump right into it. I'll let Zach go on this one first because I can never be objective with the Seahawks, but hosting the Rams. Rams got beat down a little bit by the same Cardinals team last week. Still a very good team. Got Russ in prime time. Rams favored by two points on the road in Seattle. Zach. Who are you taking? Uh, starting things off, my lock of the week. Um, I'm going to take the Rams, minus two. Um, you know, Seattle coming off an emotional victory against the 49ers. Uh, Russ, I mean, the offense looked good. I understand Chris Carson is injured. And, you know, we could say, oh, running backs don't matter, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, divisional games always get weird. I think the Rams are one of the three or four best teams in the NFL. Like, they have legitimately looked awesome. The Matt Stafford-Cooper Cup connection. You know, one of the main cri- another thing, one of the main criticisms with Sean McVay, people would compare him to Kyle Shanahan, and I always felt like the area in which Shanahan had the edge over McVay was adapting 
adapting to different schemes and, you know, tr- you know, he wouldn't evolve as much. And I really see McVay taking that next step. You know, I feel like that's definitely closer between the two right now. If you ask me who would I rather have, McVay or Shanahan, I mean, it's kind of a coin flip for me. But, yeah, Seahawks coming off an emotional victory. I get there at home with Thursday night football. I don't know, man. I really, I really, really like the Rams in this spot. Yeah, and as much as it pains me to say it, I do too. They just seem to have our number, even if we did get a big victory for them into the playoffs last year, admittedly with Staley there. They just shut us down so bad we had to get a new offensive coordinator specifically because of the Rams. They, I think it was week nine last year, they shut us so, down so bad the offense just was never the same the whole rest of the year. They took Russ out of the kitchen, and it's just tough for me to look at our offensive line and think that Aaron Donald's not just going to be blowing up Russell Wilson there. I don't know what it's going to look like with Waldron. Obviously, he is very familiar with McVay and vice versa. So I think it's two teams that are going to know each other really well. They're going to know what the other team wants to do. Does that mean they can stop it? I think we just don't have an answer for Aaron Donald, and that's going to make life very hard on us. And Matthew Safford, I think he's not the best quarterback for us to be going up against with our secondary right now. So it makes me a little bit nervous. I'm excited to see it. It's weird betting against Russell Wilson in primetime. I'll probably look stupid, and it's fun to root for the Seahawks in it, even picking against them. But got to go with the Rams because I think it's what's going to happen. Pretty high over-under in this game, 54.5 points. Kind of going into what I said, these two teams know each other very well. They've had, admittedly with Jared Goff back there, some defensive battles in their last three matchups. Seahawks offense has been really good for a quarter every single week, and it happened again last week. They just flipped around what quarter it was, or maybe even half it was. Defense looked really good for most of the game. I'm inclined to go in the under here, just because I think that it's going to be two teams that are going to want to run the ball, maybe can't run the ball super effectively against the other team. And I think it's two teams that are really going to know what the other offense is trying to do and probably how to shut that down to an extent. So I think that when you have an over-under this high, I'm inclined to go that it's going to be the under. Still probably a high-scoring game. It's going to make me a little bit nervous, but maybe something like 28 to 21, 28 to 24, going under. Zach, you with me or are you against me? Um, I have the same mindset as you. I do not feel great about it. I could definitely see that scenario in which it is like a 31 to like 21 game. Like, I think it'll be very close. This was a good line that uh, Vegas had put out. But I'm going to go the over just because I like the offenses. And since I have the Rams winning, that is like just Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, even guys like Van Jefferson and, uh, you know, Tutu Atwell maybe even uh, <laughs> could uh, have a big game against the Seattle secondary that's really struggled against coverage. So I'll take the over here. And moving on, we have the New York Jets coming off their first win of the year against the Tennessee Titans. Big win for that franchise. They are Holla at, at Sala. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're um, visiting the Atlanta Falcons, a team that in typical Falcons fashion kind of Blew a lead last week against the Washington football team, but the Falcons are favored in this matchup. Alex, who do you like here? I'm going to take the Jets with the points. They're on the road to Atlanta. I don't hugely know what to make of the Falcons right now. They've actually looked somewhat decent the last three weeks after. I think week one, my overreaction was that they were going to have the number one overall pick or end up taking quarterback number one overall is actually what I think I said. They look a bit better than that right now. I do like Arthur Smith as a football mind very, very, very much. Hasn't quite looked like I expected it to. Part of that is some of the issues with Matt Ryan's throwing ability and weird rumors that he shot down and he wants to get out of there like Julio did. Defense just doesn't have the pieces right now to be a dominant force, even if they performed okay. I like the Jets, man. I just think that I believe in solid. The defense has looked good. I think that if I'm looking at a game that I think is going to be very close, if you're giving me the points and you're giving me on one team for everything he is, Zach Wilson and some of those Jets receivers are explosive playmakers. They are. I think that's what it's going to come down to is it's going to be a somewhat low scoring game that two or three plays decided. And 
you know, maybe those are plays where Zach Wilson throws the ball away and the Falcons are able to score off it. But with their place, with their defensive playmakers, they have there, I'm inclined to think it's going to be Corey Davis kind of showing up, making a couple flash plays and the Jets managed to pull it out. So I'm going Jets here. What about you, Zach? Um, I'm going to disagree with you here, man. I'm going to take the Falcons here and I feel pretty good about it. And listen, the Jets, you know, we could talk about that Tennessee secondary, which I mean, I do like some of the talent they have. I just feel like they kind of took their foot off the gas last week. They deserve to lose that game. And you know what? Credit to Zach Wilson. That, um, I believe that was an overtime, right? That throw to Corey Davis on the left hash. That was probably the best throw of last week. That was, I mean, I'm really was not a big fan of Zach Wilson coming out, um, or at least compared to like the other top quarterbacks in the class. But, you know, he really played well last week, but I do feel like they kind of fall back to earth this past week. Atlanta is going to be motivated. And I don't know, man, in ATL, I get favorable conditions for both teams, but you know, in the Falcons state Mercedes Benz, um, they're going to, you know, it'll be kind of like a shootout and, I just like the Falcons' chances more. And I'll go into my over-under pick. The over-under in this game is 46. I think this is ridiculous. I'm not trying to steal your thunder away. I think the fact you're taking the under in this is absolutely ridiculous. This is my lock of the week. I don't think I felt better about a line all year, to be honest, until I saw 46 for the Jets and Falcons. Listen, I get these offenses have kind of sputtered at times, but... Even if I think the Falcons are, are going to be good. And I do think this could be the Kyle Pitts breakout game. Like, I really do think this is a game he could get, like, two scores over 100 yards. Because the Jets have a lot of youth in that secondary, or I'm sorry, in that uh, linebacker core. Um, I'm not sure. I know they were starting uh, Hampson and Cyril Dean and Jamie and Sherwood. But, you know, I really feel like Kyle Pitts could have a big breakout game. And... You know, Zach Wilson, I mean, there's no reason for him not to build on a solid performance last week for a rookie. I mean, this isn't like, oh, he took on the Tennessee, now he's going to, like, I don't know, like, Miami or something to take on the Dolphins. Like, these are two pretty decent matchups, so this is a good opportunity for him to build some momentum. I don't trust either defense a lick, so I'm going to take... The over in this, I'm going to feel pretty freaking good about it. Please explain your under. Yeah, Zach, both walks out of the way through the first two games. I think that for everything they've done, even with all the turnovers that Zach Wilson has had so far, and he could have had a couple last week for as many like big time throws he did make. There were some bad ones in there that kind of had some favorable luck for the Jets last week. I will say that Dean Pease, for everything that he does defensively and for everything this defense has struggled to do this year, he's good at taking away the explosive plays to an extent. That's kind of been his, uh, you know, too high mantra so far in his whole career. He came back to do that. I think that he will be able to slow this offense down for a good amount. I think there's going to be a few plays that sneak through, but I think there's going to be some three and outs and some slow down drives as well. I do think the Jets defense is solid. I think that Robert Sala certainly looks like the real deal as a defensive mind now that he's calling the shots on a defense hundred percent with personnel. I think that he's the type of person that can take away a weapon like Kyle Pitts. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't see two offenses that I think are going to be efficient in this game. So I'm, I'm inclined to go with the under. And I think that both teams have struggled to score a lot this year outside of garbage time. So I, I, I'm just inclined to take the under on it. I, I think that I could see it going over, but I just don't trust the offenses really. I mean, I, I, I disagree a lot. I just, I mean, I feel like that line is like pretty, I mean, that line would have to be like, maybe like, I think even if it was like 50, I would take the over to be honest. Like, I just, I don't know. That kind of jetted out to me. That kind of felt a little low to me, but regardless. Going to be fun to see how it plays out now. Hey, one of us is going to look like an idiot. So that's absolutely fun to add a little spice to a game like the Jets and Falcons. Uh, The next game has more spice than you'd expect coming in based off of preseason thoughts. Packers going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Packers favored by only by three points. Zach, who are you taking? I'm going to take the Packers here. Um, Listen, they're going through, you know, a ton of injuries. Uh, 
They just both signed Jalen. They just signed. Yeah, I mean, both teams really. I mean, they just signed Jalen Smith. Probably not going to play this week. Not that that would have a massive impact for them, but I mean, the Bengals. Listen, I think they're one of the most fun teams in the NFL. Seriously, like I want Zach Taylor to have a good year. I really do like. Uh, you know, Joe Burr. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to not like on the offense outside of the line. Even the defense, you know, a lot of people kind of ragged on their free agency. Like, oh, they overpaid Trey Hendrickson, Shadobe Awuzie, Mike Hilton. Those guys have looked pretty good this year. Those have been positive free agent signings, and it's hard to do that when you overspend a lot. But regardless, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, despite these injuries, he still has Devontae Adams. Um, hopefully... Um, Elshon Jenkins comes back this week, and I don't know, man. I mean, I'll take Matt LaFleur over Zach Taylor, despite the fact I don't think Zach Taylor is as bad as people say. Uh, yeah, I like the I like Green Bay on the road. I do too, and I do think it comes down to Aaron Rodgers versus Joe Burrow, who's still learning a bit. I think there are a lot of injuries, particularly on that Green Bay defense. Jair Alexander, doubtful to play, if I remember correctly. Elton Jenkins, uh, heard on the offensive line. I believe Zadarius Smith is still out as well. Uh, T. Higgins and Jesse Bates out on the other side. So many injuries that it makes it kind of weird to pick the game. I just think that some of these Packers linemen are going to be able to get through. I think that unless Jamar Chase just goes absolutely nuts. It's going to be an Aaron Rodgers each week. So I'm inclined to go with the Packers as well, and I am a big Matt LaFleur fan. So definitely kind of agree. Coaching edge is a big edge in this particular game. It's a 51-point over-under. It was one of the toughest lines for me to pick this week, actually. I ended up going under uh, three straight under to start the week, which is kind of rare for me. But uh, you went three straight. It's funny. Uh, But – I just think that it's going to be one of those games where with all the injuries that are there, I think there's going to be a lot of ground and pound. I do believe Joe Mixon is out as well. I'm a big fan of Chris Evans as a weapon, so I would hopefully we'll get to see him going. Get ready for I just a don't shit ton of Samaje Pirine. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think it's going to be a ground heavy game for the Packers, and I think that it's going to be Joe Burrow kind of trying to force it into some tight windows this week. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't feel super confident on this one, but with 51 points, I felt like going with the under is a safer bet. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite. I mean, it is, I heard you say that under your breath. You went under your first three games. I'm going over. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so a lot of disagreements on that front. Uh, yeah, I mean, I look at this. I mean, I'm pretty confident the Packers will be able to score, like you said, on this Bengals defense, despite the improvements that it's shown. I believe they're the ninth-ranked scoring defense so far, Cincinnati. So props to um, who's their D? Is it still Paul Gunther? I'm not sure off the top of my head. Maybe if you could look that up while I talk quickly. But um, yeah, I got you. Regardless, um, all these injuries on this Green Bay defense, like I don't think Joe Burrow is going to have an absolute stinker of a week that he had in Week Two. So, I mean, 51, it sounds like a lot, but I could definitely see this being like a 34 to 24 Packers victory. I I don't, I, let me say this. I'm very confident Cincinnati's going to lose. I'm not very confident they're going to get blown out. I mean, I feel like this team has played well enough the first four weeks that they deserve some respect. But regardless, we're moving on. Blue Anarumo is the uh, defensive coordinator in Cincinnati right now. Ah, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, just for what it's worth, I think he's from Boston College, right? He was did like Boston College. Or am I blanking on something? I don't know. I mostly remember him from last year switching to the three four, despite them not having personnel to do it. So I was a bit surprised yeah. he came back, but it's looking like a smart move to be honest. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean with DJ Reader and stuff like that. I mean they got they got the personnel for it. But anyway, I know they lot run a lot of like uh mixed packages, but. Anyway, we're moving on. NFC North showdown. The bottom feeders of the NFC North. Sorry, uh, Lions and Vikings fans, but Detroit, they're going to Minnesota. Uh, Detroit, one of the two 0-4 teams along with Jacksonville in the NFL. Vikings are favored by 7.5. Alex, who are you taking here? I'm going with the Vikings here. I just think they're the better team. I think – this isn't a huge issue, but Frank Ragnow is out, which doesn't make me feel 
any better at all about them going up against that defensive line that I do think can push some inexperienced guys. Looked very good last week, kind of surprisingly, although Baker Mayfield had an off game last week, I will say as well. I, I just think that this team has the much better playmakers on all sides of things right now. So I, I think this is going to be a bit of a blowout, to be honest with you. I don't think that the Lions have the defensive pieces to hang with the speed of the outside zone game that Minnesota is going to bring. I don't think they have the defensive backs to, to deal with these two wide receivers. I think that they don't quite have the pieces on defense yet to get after Kirk Cousins. And if you can't get after Kirk Cousins, he looks like an MVP level player. Time in, time out. Offensive firepower, I do think that Zimmer is kind of well-suited to take away a team that has no wide receivers. I think that as good as TJ Hawkson is, and I use one of my breakout picks this year for sure, I think that they have some good pieces there to slow him down. I just don't really see a way in which I feel comfortable the Lions are going to look good in this game. So even with a seven and a half point line, I'm inclined to go with the Vikings here. What about you, Zach? No, I'm 100% with you, man. I'm going to take Minnesota here. Uh, Fairly easy decision to me. I mean, to be honest, like, I do feel like, you know, the Lions not only losing Frank Ragnow, but Romeo Aquara out with the torn Achilles. Like, that is a big blow to that defense. And hopefully we get to see Christian Darasaw start this week for Minnesota, first-round pick. But um, that's who I thought the Giants were going to take when they traded down, silly me. If only they did something that made sense. But regardless, um, one underrated aspect about Minnesota that I feel like not that many people are talking about, that secondary has not looked good. That cornerback room, man. Um, Bashad Breland, I'm pretty sure, has allowed the most receiving yards. out Him and Patrick Peterson. I believe I saw a stat. I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry, but something along the lines of either it's the most receiving yards or passer rating allowed by just not even like teammates, like the two in the NFL and they're on the, in, and they're on the same team. So, I mean, this could be a super high scoring game, but I don't think that's the case. I just, the thing is like, I like a lot of what Detroit's doing. I like the culture that they're building. It feels like in terms of that part of the team, they're on the right track. We all knew this year was going to be a tough year as it usually is for Detroit fans, but uh, tougher than usual. Probably a top five pick, top three even. So I think they fall to zero and five. So I, I like the Vikings here. Yeah, I'm with you. It's bizarre they do not have Cam Dancer playing significant snaps, especially since it's not working with the older guys. Why not at least give what looks like the better player some snaps there to at least get experience? Over under on this one. Some... Oh. Sorry, sorry. I Go was ahead. Go- I was gonna say. Um... I was going to say, yeah, and they have um, – I don't know if Harrison Hands hurt there. I really liked him coming out of Temple. He, he was a guy I liked. I'm pretty sure he's hurt, though. But, yeah. Play the young guys. Yeah, if, if the old guys aren't working, might as well. Uh, over-under is 49.5. Kind of a decently high line for this. And I'm going over in it. Uh, I think that the Vikings alone are probably scoring in the 30s on this one. For everything that he's not, I think that Jared Goff is a really good garbage time quarterback, which I think will be happening a decent amount in this game. And, you know, he's consistently the average quarterback. So however bad he is at the beginning of the game, he will be like significantly better at the end of the game to make up for it and look like he had an average line. So I just think there's going to be some points on the board here this week. Zach, after three straight overs, I'm finally joining you on the overline. What are you taking here? I hate to bring it to you, buddy, but gonna take the under here. Um, I think these teams are gonna rely a lot on the run game in this. Dalvin Cook, you know, second week coming off, you know, injury. He didn't really perform that well last week. I think he's due for a big game. I feel like both teams are gonna try and win that time of possession battle. Uh, that could be a way that Detroit feels like, you know, just dump offs to DJ Hawkinson trying to hit Khalif Raymond, who's looked good. And, you know, they got a pretty good running back tandem in Detroit. I love DeAndre Swift, and Jamal Williams is one of the better backups in the league. But, yeah, I definitely um, – I like the under in this. I just – I don't know. I feel like both teams, like, kind of to your point, when we talked about Jets and Falcons, may sputter on themselves a little bit. But, yeah, I, just, I don't feel great about that over. Just don't. Nah. Well, I guess uh, maybe one day. 
maybe one day we'll agree on an over-under. Uh, perhaps even this game, we got the Broncos visiting the Steelers. Kind of in paper, a bit of a similar defensive matchup to last week's Broncos uh, with the Ravens visiting. This time the Broncos are on the road. Steelers are the favorite at home by one point. We don't for sure know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to play. We don't for sure know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play. Could be an interesting matchup of something along the lines of a Dwayne Haskins versus Drew Locke in a, against very good defenses, which would be wildly unpredictable for what's going to happen. But uh, I'm taking the Broncos here. Vibes. Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos here. I uh, I think that if Bridgewater plays and Roethlisberger plays, I'm more confident in that Broncos offense putting up points. I do think that, I mean, you know, Javante Williams, I'm a huge fan of him. Eventually he's going to have big breakout week. I think that he's that person that can cause some trouble when you're consistently blitzing five or six guys like Pittsburgh usually likes to do. Although they haven't done it every single week this year, which has been kind of interesting. Uh, I also just think that I do not see how this Steelers offense is putting up any points against this Broncos defense. Another week with a lot, a lot of big injuries. So that's going to be something to monitor here. But at the end of the day, I just feel more confident in the Broncos offense moving the ball versus the Steelers defense than vice versa, just because I do not believe in that Steelers offense right now. What about you, Zach? I like the Steelers in this matchup, man. Um, Listen, I could go into the analysis of the game a lot. Could say some stuff like I think Pittsburgh is going to run the ball because I do feel like one area – that Denver is not like top notch in run defense. We saw that last week against the Ravens. Although they did not look awful, it's probably not the best area. But I look at a coach like Mike Tomlin, who I have the utmost respect for, and like Pittsburgh starting to feel some pressure. I do believe Ben Roethlisberger is going to start this game for them. Broncos, I'm almost positive it's going to be Drew Lock. Only even only for one game, but you know they still have some weapons and. I, th- I think they're going to try and, you know, help out Ben as much as possible, you know, bring out the extra tight end for blocking, stuff like that, and just try and limit the mistakes. I think this is going to be a very boring game, but at the end of the day, I do see it's just it would just be so weird seeing the Steelers fall to one and four, man. If they fall to one and four, I mean, you got to go either Rudolph or Haskins next week. You're muted. It's tough when you got a legend like that in town, but sometimes you just have to do it. I, uh, man, the over-under on this game, 40 points. That is a low over-under here, which is going to make me go with the over just because I think that if it is Drew Locke versus honestly even Ben Roethlisberger, but especially if it's Haskins or Rudolph out there, I think the over-under for interceptions in this game has to be like five. I think that there is a chance that this game has a ton of takeaways. So for me, it's just if if we're working with a ton of short fields and we got a line like 40, I have to go with the over, even if I don't trust either offense in this game. And I do trust both defenses. What about you, Zach? I I 100% agree with you here, brother. Um, I'm taking the over. Love the over here. This is a game where, you know, Vegas sets that line at 40 and people are like, oh, yeah, like these offenses suck, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of good skill talent on these uh, on these offenses. People forget that the quarterbacks aren't the best, but, you know, Corlin Sutton um, for the Broncos, like their running back tandem. Then you got Deontay Johnson, Juju, and Claypool over there in Pittsburgh. These teams, I mean, I, f- I don't know, man. I feel like it could be not a high-scoring game, but 40 just feels – Super duper low, so I'm going to take the over here. But moving on, we're going down to Florida. Battle of the Floridian teams, or two of the Floridian teams. We have uh, Miami at Tampa Bay. Raymond James Stadium. The Bucks coming off a very emotional victory against the Patriots in what was the most viewed regular season game of the season by, I believe, 2 million people. Bucks are favored by 10.5. Alex, who you like here? 
I like the Bucks, but I'm taking the Dolphins. I uh, I hate rooting against Tom Brady. Anyone that knows me knows that for the majority of my entire life, I have been a massive, massive Brady homer, which honestly has worked out amazingly for me. But uh, <laughs> it is tough for me to see a 10.5-point edge here when I just came off watching that Patriots game, admittedly in a huge downpour of rain. But... I look at what Bill Belichick and that defensive brain trust did to stop this offense, holding them to 19 points last week. And admittedly, if Antonio Brown catches one of the touchdowns in that game, score looks slightly different and maybe it doesn't look as bad. That being said, you got pretty much the exact same guys, perhaps even outside of Belichick, the real brain of a lot of those uh, Patriots Super Bowl teams on defense in Miami. They've suffered some injuries on the offensive side. It hasn't looked as smooth as it did last year without the quarterback play. But 10.5 points coming off watching a very similar team that I think, for me, I kind of prefer some of the Dolphins' defensive playmakers to the Patriots. It's hard for me to see a 10.5-point edge this week. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins here, even if I don't love it. Zach, you with me or – No, I'm against you, man. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Tampa Bay here. Feel very, very good about it. Um, I will say, you know, Bill brought his A game against Tom Brady last week because I did not think Tom Brady looked that good. I thought he overthrew a lot of passes, you know, the ball placement anticipation wasn't there. And the weather had a little bit to do with that, in my opinion. I mean, Tom's can't really make that excuse. Tom was there for literally almost two decades. But, um, yeah, I do think this is going to be a big bounce back week for Tampa Bay. I think the offense is going to get more in sync. And, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, I'm with you. I do like Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddell more than anything really on that Patriots skill position core. But, I I mean, if it's Brissett again, like, I mean, it is going to be Brissett again. I don't trust Reed Sennett if he's going to come in. I just don't trust this team to score. I mean, how – after watching them the last two weeks, could you see this team, like, without garbage time scoring more than, like, I don't know, like 10, 13 points? I can't. And I do think the Bucks are due for a bounce-back week, so I will take Tampa Bay here. The over-under in this game is 48, and I am going to switch my pick, and I'm not being Oh, you coward. And, no, I'm being serious. I don't know why it was like that. That was like one of those where like I looked at it and maybe I just like clicked the wrong row or whatever. I'm gonna take the under here. Um, I do think the Bucks could bounce back. I think they could have a big week, but at the end of the day, I just don't trust Miami to score enough. Like the Bucks are really, really gonna have to like step off the pedal during garbage time. So I'm gonna go under here. Yeah, I, I think this is gonna be a week where you see a bunch of short passes from the Miami offense. And you see the Patriots try to run the ball a ton at Miami. Or not the Patriots, the Patriots. So you say the Brady, the Buccaneers. So I think it's going to be one of those games where it winds up like something like 23 to 14 or something like that. So I'm also going the under. And uh, yeah, we're in lockstep on that, I guess, uh, outside of the over-under. That being said, I'm obviously taking the Buccaneers to win the game straight up. Saints at the Washington football team. This was one of the... Uh, ones that I had a bit of a harder time going back and forth on. The line is the visiting Saints with a one-and-a-half-point edge. Zach, Saints the football team. I I really hate the Saints this year, man. Like, in terms of, like, betting on them, they are, like, they are the devil to me. I mean, just the inconsistency and stuff, there's nothing – I could trust with them. I hate myself for doing this. I know it's going to bite me in the ass. I want to switch my pick right now, but I'm not going to because I still feel good about it, and I know they're just going to screw me. I'm going to take the Saints here. One and a half, they're at home. You know, emotion. I mean, big loss last week to the New York football giants, and, you know, I do – I mean, Washington is not the team we thought it was going to be. The defense looks really poor. You know, Taylor Heineke, he's looked okay. But he's not the – He looks like Fitzpatrick. That's exactly what he looks like to me. No, yeah. I mean, stylistically, they are very similar. But I don't know, man. I mean, I would be very tough knowing everything, like, 
those fans have gone through two straight home games, losing to two straight mediocre NFC East teams. That would not bode well. I get Jameis is a complete, uh, like the pendulum swings immensely with Jameis Winston. But, um, and Taysom yeah. Hill, who came in and was a monster on the ground and a complete liability in the air. Yes, 100%. But I'm going to take the Saints here. Yeah, I get it. I'm taking the football team, but I don't feel good about it either. I think the football team is a weird team to try to bet for or against as well. I, I think I saw a stat that I don't remember if they were worst overall, but they were bottom five in defensive efficiency per play. And they were also number one overall, the most sure tackling team in the NFL. So what ends up happening if they start missing some tackles against some of these playmakers that the Saints do have, which for everything they're not, they're very good at forcing missed tackles. That could be ugly. That being said, I just I feel like I know what to expect from the football team a bit more. I do think that with guys like Armstead potentially out in New Orleans, a lot of their strong line playmakers on both sides out, I feel a bit better about this football team's ability to you know stop the Saints offense. Jameis Winston, when he gets pressured, has not been amazing this year. I think the big key for him is keeping him clean. So I'm just inclined to go with the football team here. If you're giving me the points at home and I trust Ron Rivera quite a bit. Not that I don't trust that basically entire Saints coaching staff. They have phenomenal coaching staff top to bottom, starting with Sean Payton. But I'm going football team here. The over-under is 44. That feels incredibly low to me. I am slamming the over. Almost made it my lock of the week. I think that you've got two quarterbacks who are going to just try to let their playmakers make plays. And that's going to lead to big chunk gains and also to some turnovers in this game. And I also think that you have two defenses that I do not know what to expect week to week from. So yeah, I feel very good about the over here. What about you, Zach? I'm right with you, man. Um, I had a bunch of the, I, I thought a lot of these over underlines were a little wonky this week. I mean, I already have my lock with the Jets and Falcons game, but 44 feels ridiculously low for this game. I mean, I do think both teams will score. And, you know, this is kind of betting on, oh, is one team going to win 24 to 20? I think both teams could easily go over that. So I'm going to take the over in here. Going to agree with you. Uh, Moving on, we have the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts going to Carolina to take on Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Two much maligned quarterbacks before the year and have pretty much exceeded expectations. Darnold's looked better than Hurts, but even still, like, Hurts has not been a complete liability for that Eagles team. Panthers... He looked good last week. Nah, he did against the Chiefs. Well, I mean... Most people do, but he... Because of their offense, but... uh, He looked good, though. He did look good. Nah, he did look good. Objectively, being a uh, Giants fan slash Eagles hater... But uh, Panthers <laughs> favored by four. Alex, who are you taking here? I'm going with my Panthers here. They're my they're my team outside of my own team here. They just again, I've said it so many times Homer. this whole off season, but they oh, remind so me. Like a qu- oh. You're like a quasi Homer. You kind of yeah. I'm, I'm a you bandwagon for Homer. <laughs> they just man, I, they they really remind me of the team that Scott Fitter built in Seattle when he was in charge of our scouting. And, you know, just landing uh, Stephon Gilmore today. He probably won't play this week, but their secondary is just absolutely ridiculous with playmakers. I I think particularly when you've got a really banged up offensive line, like, unfortunately, the – oh, my God, uh, the Eagles. I blanked on their name for a quick second there. I don't know why. uh, (laughs) Have a really banged up offensive line on pretty much three of their major – major important parts. Uh, so I think there's going to be a ton of pressure on Jalen Hurts. And when Jalen Hurts gets a ton of pressure, that's when he starts to make the stupid decisions that made a lot of people very low on him coming out. Uh, I, I don't think that's a recipe for success for them. I also think that this Panthers offense potentially getting back Christian McCaffrey this week and just with a lot of these strides they've made as an offense this year, I feel really good about them at home against this Eagles team, even if I do kind of like this Eagles team in a vacuum. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, if I'm just picking games straight up, I think this is going to be my upset of the week. I like uh, I like the Eagles here. I like the Eagles here in an upset spot. I know Alex is going to be mad at me because I 
nailed the Cowboys pick last week. I mean, that felt like without a couple garbage time scores by Carolina, that felt like um free money to me. Cowboys minus five last week, but now this game, I I obviously see why the Panthers are favored. Um, you know, I just Stephon Gilmore's probably the earliest he could come back is week six. So next week. So he's definitely not going to play this game. They're missing J.C. Horn. Dante Jackson has looked good. Obviously, you know, Brian Brian Burns against Jordan Melata. That might be the underrated matchup of the week because, you know, Melata has looked like a top 10 left tackle in the NFL this year. Jalen Hurts is getting good protection. I think he could scramble. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, a guy who I was not a fan of as a draft prospect, has proven me wrong. He looks like an excellent receiving back. Plus... You know, Miles Sanders getting more run. Devontae Smith look really look really good. I think he could have another big game. So I really like the Eagles here in uh, in upset fashion. In is Milata going to play? I'm sorry, is who? Milata going to play? I saw he is suffered he a setback. He yeah, Absolutely. they're pretty much – I think him, Brooks, and Johnson are all uh, questionable to doubtful. Yikes. Well, you know what? Screw it. Going with it. Eagles plus four, taking the underdog. In terms of the over-under, this was another weird line to me. 44 and a half. That feels way, 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 way too low. I feel like you'll agree with me there, Alex. Um, I'm going to take the over here. I think both defenses, while they do have some talent, specifically on Carolina, they also have the offenses with two quarterbacks that are playing well. Two offenses that are exceeding expectations that they should uh, – and ideally clear that 44 and a basically score over 45 points combined. So I'm, I'm big fan of the over here. I'm taking the over. I'm not quite as gung ho about it as you are, but I do think that there's going to be a ton of pressure on Ertz, and that's going to lead to some big chunk points for the Eagles offense and some really questionable, potentially turnover laden plays for this Eagles team. Uh, Zach is just dying over there. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> Gung ho, gung ho. Yes. Uh, have you ever seen that movie? I forget. There's a movie. I don't even know. I don't know that was a movie. Oh man, I remember that. It was a very bad movie. I watched it in like a tech class in high school. I just remember it. That's how I know it. <laughs> Freeze. But, All right. Sorry. Moving I will, on. I will Google it later. But yes, I am also taking the over on that game. We have the Titans at the fight in Urban Myers potentially if he is still the head coach of the Jaguars coming into this Sunday night or Sunday matchup, but uh, Titans on the road favored by four points. Uh, this is a pretty easy pick for me. I, I imagine it's for you. I'll let you go first here, Zach. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can go pretty quick on this. I mean, at first when you look at it, you're like, Oh, divisional matchup. And like the Titans literally just lost in a New York jets, which is super embarrassing. No offense jets fans, but I mean, your team's not really that good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like Mike Vrabel, these guys are going to be pissed. At. This is not a team that is bereft of talent. I'm not sure if Julio or A.J. Brown is going to be playing this week yet. I believe they're both questionable as of today. But if they do play, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I feel like A.J. Brown is more likely to play than Julio Jones from if I gather that information most recently from what I've seen. But, yeah, I mean – I just think the Titans win. They win pretty handily. Minus four is kind of disrespectful, even though I kind of get it. And Urban Meyer, I think he's gone before the halfway point of the year. It's kind of looking that way. I It wasn't quite as big of a deal to me, all the hubbub this weekend about him, but uh, it was weird that he chose when the to report, stay when the report, I'm When the report came out about the team, like, laughing at him and, like, I mean, you, an owner cannot look at that and realize that the entire team sees their coach as a joke. That's what I yeah. really kind of did it more. That's the trouble, and Jacksonville certainly has a bit of a history of that in recent years. So that's troubling. I do think that there's a scenario in which somehow Jacksonville rallies, and I think that from a talent standpoint, their offense actually matches up well against that defense Tennessee has. I just think for right now it's too tough to pick them, so – I'm not doing it. The over-under is 48 points. I'm going over on it. I just think that you've got two kind of trash defenses right now, to be honest with you. And I think that even if it's just A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, they're going to eat. I do think there'll be some chunk plays for this Jaguar scene. that's going to be just desperately clinging at something to prove that Urban Meyer should keep his job. So, And choose the same with Bevel. And everyone else that's there on that offensive 
decision-making board. So I'm going with the over here. I don't necessarily love it, but we're going over. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'm going to take the under here. I don't feel great about it. I just feel like, you know, Trevor Lawrence, they kind of played a clean game against Cincinnati last week. I think they're going to be a little more risky with, um, you know, him pushing the ball down the field against the Tennessee team that, you know, made Zach Wilson have his best start of the year. By the way, screw you, Tennessee. I streamed you in like three fantasy leagues using your defense, and you got me like three points. So not very happy about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the owner in this game. I just feel like, you know, some inconsistencies with play calling and all that. 48, it could go. I think it'll be very, very close to that number. That's a good line that they put out. Don't feel great about it. I'm going to take the under here. Moving on, we have the New England pa- the new. I don't know why I said it like that. The New England <laughs> Patriots. They're going down to. Uh, they're going down to Houston, and that was an awful accent. But <laughs> that was an accent. Houston. Yeah, no, that was very, very cringy. I actually hate that I did that. Going out to play the Texans. Pats. <laughs> Pats. Pats are favored by nine and a half. Alex, I can just explain why you're taking the Pats here. I'm taking the Pats just because I don't think that the Texans are going to score any points at all against this Patriots defense. I, I think this is a horrible, horrible matchup for Davis, Mills, and Co. And I think the Patriots defense and coaching staff are absolutely suited to destroy this offense. I also think that the kind of dink and dunk offense with just great decision-making that Mac Jones has been running for the Patriots is pretty much the biggest thing that the Texans cannot handle defensively. So I think it's going to be one of those games, something like 20 to zero, to be honest with you. That's what I think. What about you, Zach? I mean, we can move on to be honest because everything you just said, I completely agree with. I think this is going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly game for Houston. I'm taking the pads here. And not like a 50 to 0 ugly game like the one they just played against the Bills. Just a 20 to 0, 20 to nothing, like maybe even 27 to 3. Just ugly game where like they just look completely overmatched. And if this over under, which is 39 and a half, I'll spoil Lowest it. Of the we week. both took the under. Let me ask you this, Alex. If the over under was 31 and a half, would you still take the under? Knock, knock it down eight points. I'm 31 and a half sure is tough because honestly, 31 is like right about where I was like, that's the, that's where I'd start taking. I, I think I would just because it's so tough for me yeah. to envision. I, I think I way would much too. Do it. I think I would too. But yeah. Bears at the Raiders. Raiders favored by five and a half points. My first lock of the week right here. I am taking the Raiders on this one. Oh. Raiders. Defensive line has been getting off the snap like few others have. Both Yannick Ngakwe and Crosby getting off the line incredibly quick. And I think that that spells a bit of disaster for Justin Fields and Co. in Chicago. I do not trust that Bears offensive line. Justin Fields officially named the starter. I'm excited about that. I love Justin Fields as a player. I love him as a prospect. He is my guy. He holds on to the ball for a while. He's still learning how to process quickly particularly behind a really bad offensive line. It is just tough for me to envision him having an efficient game against this Raiders defense. And I think this Raiders offense will actually hold up pretty well against a decent Bears defense. That's not quite as good as it has been in years past. So I am taking the Raiders here, locking it up. Zach, what about you? I'm surprised you're taking the lock here. I mean, I'm taking the Raiders too. I just don't feel great about it. And, you know, Justin Fields named the starter today. Definitely don't think that was a mad Navy decision. I definitely feel like ownership is like, listen, you're going to start this guy, right? We need to win some games, all right? And this is what the fans want to see. And Justin Fields should start over Andy Dalton. And I say that painfully because I like Justin Fields and the Giants have the Bears pick and I want a pretty high pick from Chicago, which I think it'll be an okay pick, but... um, Yeah, I mean, the Raiders, I just feel like coming off an emotional loss, even on a short week, you know, I think they get the job done against a Bears team. I like what you brought up, like Ngakwe and Crosby. I think they should eat this Bears tackle duo alive. So I I like the Bears. I'm sorry. I like the Raiders here. Over-under is 44 and a half. I'm going over here. I get why someone would go under here. 
But I think that when you're looking at fields, I think you're going to see a lot of explosive plays from them and a lot of really bad plays. So I think you're going to have some turnovers, whether it be via fumble or interception, a lot of sacks, a lot of quick three and outs. Uh, I also think they'll score a little bit. I think Mooney's going to have a good game against that secondary. I also think that the Raiders are going to score a solid amount of points in this game. So I'm just tempted to go with the over here. I think that's the way it's going to play out. What about you, Zach? Um, yeah, I'm going to take the under here. I just don't think it's going to be a pretty game. You know, uh, Derek Carr, I mean, you could say inconsistency. He's had, he had three really good games to start off the year. Kind of a poor game against um, the Chargers, but I don't think it's like going to go like, oh, now he's back to having like a good game here. Um, I do feel like the Raiders will have some success in the passing game, although Jalen Johnson has looked really good in that Bears secondary. I was a big fan of his coming out. Uh, but I, I'm going to take the under here, and I just I just don't really trust Chicago to score that much. I love Justin Fields. I think he's going to be a great starter for years to come, but with this offensive line, I have very little faith in them. So moving on, we have Cleveland Browns. They're going to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium to take Still on. Still weird to say it. <laughs> Still very weird. Taking on the Chargers. Chargers only favored by one in this, so it's basically a pick em. Um, I like the Chargers here. Uh, I think they look really good last week. I think they've looked more impressive overall than the Browns. These are two teams that are, you know, they kind of have like they're uh, staking their claim for, oh, which one of us could upset the Chiefs hypothetically, you know, or like one of these top teams like the Chiefs. One already has. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm talking about the playoffs, man. That's when the real games matter. Talking about the playoffs? Playoffs. Just trying to win a game. Get your mind out of the gutter, but now I like the Chargers here. Uh, Justin Herbert, you know, I feel like he's kind of like not to use a fantasy term, bring everything to fantasy football. I feel like he is kind of matchup proof. I don't really trust him. I get the Browns have a really good defense secondary. Grant Delpit, a guy who I loved as a prospect, he's looked really good. And they got Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams looks improved this year. But still, I just feel like Justin Herbert, you know, and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams playing so good. Jared Cook has had a bit of a resurgence, plus Eckler in the backfield. I think they're going to score a lot. I trust them to score more than Cleveland, and I will take the Bolts. And I will not. I'm taking the Browns here. I feel very good about this one. I think I'm high on the Chargers, probably as high as anybody. I think that they are 100% built to stop the Chiefs. And I think that the Browns are the exact opposite of the Chiefs, which makes them a very tough task for the Chargers to stop. I don't know that they really have the pieces to stop this particular run game. I think that that's a bit of a nightmare for them. If Baker Mayfield can play even average, I don't know what's going on with him and Odell Beckham Jr., but Baker Mayfield just looks like he cannot function when he's throwing to Odell Beckham. I don't know why. I'm sure both people are somehow to blame for both, but – it looks like Baker on tape. If he can start hitting him, I think that this has a chance to actually get away from them pretty quickly. I do think as high as I've publicly been on Rayshon Slater, and I think he is a stud, asking a rookie to go up against Miles Garrett looking the best he's ever looked in his life is a tough, tough ask. And uh, I, I just think that if you're giving me a point on the Chargers for, against what I think is right now a better team that has had a bit more time with this team, I'm going with the Browns here. Over-under is 46. I'm going over with that one as well. I just think that there's going to be a lot of points coming up here. So uh, I think that Justin Herbert is going to push the ball down the field for better or worse in this game. I think these are going to be some big plays there. I also think that the Browns are going to be a very efficient offense against this Chargers defense, even with Staley there. So I'm going over. What about you, Zach? I'm going to take the under here. Um, I just... I think the Chargers will score a decent bit. I mean, the Browns' offense, it does kind of concern me a little bit. Um, this Chargers' defense is playing so well that I feel like they could get a lot of stops. I could see Baker, you know, kind of going up against the pressure that Joey Bosa and, like, guys like Nwosu and, like, the blitzing linebackers like Frank will create. You know, Brandon Staley's done an impressive job. I think he's looked the best out of all the brand-new head coach hires. So I will uh, – I'll take the under here. I get it. And, I get where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah. And uh, moving on here, we're on a we're in a bit of a time pinch, guys. So I think what we're going to do for these last four games is we'll say the line and just an insanely brief 
one sentence explanation on why we think them. So we have my New York Giants. They're going to go visit Dallas. Cowboys are favored by seven. I like the Giants in this game. And the reason I'll take the Giants plus seven is maybe they don't win. It's a tough matchup. Dallas has looked really good. But divisional game. And I trust Daniel Jones a lot. I think Kenny Galladay matched up with Stefan or Stefan Trayvon Diggs, who's been looks like the defensive player of the year this year. Um, he's looked awesome. So I'm going to take the Giants. And I am going to take the Cowboys in this one. I just think that at home, Dallas has one of the better home field advantages with stands back in the stadium. They've looked awesome right now. I think that Dak is looking a bit like the MVP. Amari Cooper is going to be a big question mark for me, but uh, I think that their offense just looks fantastic, which brings me to the 52-point over-under. Definitely a high over-under. I'm still taking the over on it. I think, like we mentioned, Daniel Jones looking very good. Dak Prescott potentially looking like the MVP. I think that there is going to be a lot of points scored this week in that game. Zach, 52 over under. Uh, That was probably a – that was a weird way of Alex predicting that Jason Garrett will not be the offensive coordinator. I still don't trust this team to score a lot. I agree with you. I mean, both teams have the – I mean, you know, Kellen Moore and – Jason Garrett, it's like night and day between those two guys in terms of, you know, being aggressive with their play calling. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the under here just because I don't trust, especially against an improved Cowboys defense, I don't trust the Giants to score more than 24 points against this Cowboys team. So I'll take the under here. 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals juggernaut team right now. Cardinals favored by five and a half at home. I'm taking the Cardinals here. I do think that there's a big coaching advantage for Shanahan uh, in this matchup, which makes me a little bit afraid. That being said, I just think that this Cardinals team on both sides of the ball is absolutely explosive. And I watched Trey Lance last week against Seattle, and he did not look ready. Outside of one busted coverage, it was an absolute unmitigated disaster. And I do think that that is going to be a problem when you have some of the players that the Cardinals can send after you. So I am taking the 49ers here. What about you, Zach? I mean, you mean you're taking the Cardinals here. Did I say the 49ers? I did mean that I'm taking the Cardinals, yes. Yeah, well, speak for me then, Alex, because I'm going to take the 49ers. I like the 49ers in this matchup. I'm going to take the upset on the road here. Outright, um, I think Shanahan, I alluded to it before, he's such a – one of the best three offensive masterminds in the NFL, you know, having a whole week to prep with Trey Lance. I don't believe he's ready. I agree with you yet to, you know, there's going to be a ton of ups and downs with him, but you know, a whole week to prepare. I think he's going to run a really good game plan. Whoever they put a running back, this just feels like a game where, I don't know, maybe like Trey Sermon or whoever they have out there running back is going to rush for like 125 yards. So, I like the 49ers here. I like that uh, Shanahan gets to prepare a week. And over-under we have as 50 in this game. I'm going to take the over here. Um, I know I just brought up a running game, so that might knock down like the scoring potential a little bit. But still, uh, Cardinals and 49ers, both teams, insane skill position weapons. You know, quarterbacks are going to push the ball down the field. This is probably the, the most, uh, the second most exciting quarterback matchup of the week. We're going to get to that game next. But uh yeah, I like the over in this game. These Both these teams, regardless of who wins, it should be high score. Trey Lance, who I like, I cannot put after watching him as the second most exciting quarterback matchup of the week, especially not when we have Stafford versus Kyler Russell Wilson. Murray and Trey Lance, I mean, come on. that That's pretty freaking exciting. Trey Lance looked not ready, is what I will say last week. That's all I will say on that. I'm taking that the under as a fun. result. I, I, I like Trey Lance. I liked him coming out. He's not ready. Uh, that I, I'm taking the under on this one just because I do think that it's going to be a bit of a challenge for the 49ers to score offensively in this one. And like you mentioned, I do think there's going to be a lot of running going on. So I'm going to take the under here. I don't feel super confident in it. Matchup of the week, I think, for most people. Bills at the Chiefs. Chiefs at home with the three-point edge, which essentially means they're basically calling it a pick game in a neutral field. I think it's fair. That being said, I'm taking the Bills. I would take the Bills outright. I just think that they're the much more balanced team. If Josh Allen can play like the good Josh Allen, I think it actually has a chance to be a bit of a blow, potentially a double-digit victory. I think that the Bills have a fantastic defense. 
and one of the most explosive offense in the NFL. I think the Chiefs have probably the most explosive offense in the NFL and one of the worst defenses. So for me, it makes it pretty easy. I do not see how this Chiefs defense stops this Bills offense. So I, I'm going Bills here. Zach, what about you? I see where you're coming from. I'm taking the Chiefs here, and it's just because I trust Patrick Mahomes. Like he, you know, he he's been incredible to start the year, like we all expected. Has had, you know, he's already thrown, I believe, four ter- uh, interceptions, which is way more than he's uh, had this early. I mean, usually he just kills, kicks ass, and like September, first game in October. So, I mean, I look or second game, I believe. Yeah, second game in October. I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I don't know, man. They've kind of struggled against teams that I feel like the Chiefs, you look at them, they should have beat. They're looking for that marquee win, and I feel like Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, they know that. They're motivated. They're like, listen, this is a team that we're going to see later on in the playoffs. we got to play our A game. they got to know that we're still the top we're still the head honchos in this conference, the AFC. So I really like the Chiefs here. Over-under is 56. I'm going to take the over here. I mean, feels obvious. Sunday night game. Obviously, these primetime games can get weird. But when you have these, when you have this duo of high-powered offenses with the skill, talent, like I just don't see a scenario where the game A isn't close and B, it's not high scoring. And it looks like you really like this over. Yeah, I locked this one up. I think this is, it's the highest over of the week for good reason. I would take it at 60, to be honest with you. I think, yeah, I think that I have no doubt that Josh Allen, even if he's not playing his most efficient self, is going to score a ton on this defense that the Chiefs have. And I think the Chiefs, even if it comes out a bit inconsistent at first, they're going to end up putting up points. So kind of a no-brainer there. Last matchup of the week. A matchup that looked more interesting before the season started on paper, the Colts at the Ravens. Ravens favored by seven at home. I'm still going to take them. I just don't trust this Colts team at all. And I think that it's just really tough for me to picture Carson Wentz without Quentin Nelson looking phenomenal against a tremendously schemed pass rush that the Ravens have. And I don't know that unless they're able to just wreck Lamar Jackson with pressure up the middle, they have the playmakers to hang with Lamar Jackson for as good as their linebacker core is in the run game. And for everything that's not been there, him and Hollywood Brown have been looking better and better together as the season went on, that connection starting to look somewhat decent. So I'm taking the Ravens here. Yeah. I mean, both teams dealing with uh, really immense losses on the offensive line between the two of them. Yeah, I'm just looking at them, and I just trust the Ravens to score more. It's as simple as that. Stem running, I mean, DeForest Buckner is going to have to absolutely destroy Lamar Jackson. He's going to have to have a one-man wrecking crew game. I do. Respect Jonathan Frank Taylor Reich. as well. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, and I do respect Frank Reich a ton as a coach. I just the Ravens are a better team. I find it hard to believe they'll lose two straight primetime games, especially on Monday Night Football. Yep, forty-seven and a half over under. I feel good about this under personally. I think that it's going to be a very run heavy game with some issues on the offensive line and on the Ravens side, just some of the worst injury luck at running back I've seen. So even though I'm going to take the Ravens in this one, it's, it's hard for me to see the scenario in which they score more than 48 combined points. So I'm taking the under here. What about you, Zach? I'm with you hundred percent, man. Uh, run heavy game should go by fairly quickly. I mean, listen, if you have, Jonathan Taylor in fantasy this week. Good for you. He might get like 30 carries. Um, Ravens pick up Latavius Murray. I'm still shocked that Tyson Williams was a uh, healthy scratch last week. That was kind of like nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. uh, Yeah. Awesome. We are finished. Yeah. We made it through it. We made it through it. Thanks everyone for listening. This is probably one of our most fun podcasts to track just because we're tracking it week to week. And it was nice to see Zach, I think, go from three straight weeks below 500 to setting the highest bar of the week going 19 and 13 against the, the lines and the spread. So good week for Zach. Hopefully a rebound into a stretch of victories here. As always, thanks for listening to our podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, download and rate our podcast you can find us on any platform at juicy deets nfl podcast on twitter 
at Juicy Deets NFL. You can find Zach at NFL underscore Deets. I am on Twitter as Juicy underscore Jensen. Zach, I'm excited to watch these games, man. Particularly now, we've got some spice on the Jets-Falcons matchup. I'll be watching for that one. As always, a pleasure. Always a pleasure, man. Going to get off here, recording on a Wednesday night, watch some uh, Cardinals-Dodgers. And I would ask you... I would ask you who I think uh, who you think's gonna win, but I know your uh, your team LA that's your World Series pick. So I'm yeah, which is risky because they could easily lose today. It could happen. Yeah, so could a lot happen. on the line. A lot on the line. By the way, go Giants. Not just football. Talk about San Francisco. My World Series pick. You're calling it here, Dietzstradamus. I could predict the future. Giants over Rays. Six games. Book it. Yep, you heard it here first. Zach Dietz coming off of his three straight weeks of sub-500 betting. <laughs> Bit of a disaster but coming in with coming the uh, disaster Domus. 19 to 13. So He's on. He's riding the hot streak, feeling himself. Zach Domus, let's go. We will be back next Monday. Recording. Thank you. Me, uh, and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause, uh, no. Uh, it's for the noise, please, sex, sex, sex.